podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It's okay. Finally waited. Erickson, low. Great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Emerson Sanchez. Lucas Moura. And belted into the net, brilliant goal! On debut, Tunga Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs! Let's take it out of the way. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane! That is exceptional! Try and place it, wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Oh wow, what a run! From inside his own half has scored one of the best goals! Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Touchline Hotspur. We've um, got some lovely guests here with, with us today. We've got the, the usual guest teacher. How are you feeling, man? You good? I'm feeling, I'm feeling uplifted. I'm feeling pessimistic at the same time, so it's an awkward one. But, <laughs> you know, trying to stay positive, otherwise good. Always is when you support Spurs, man. Oh, how, how are you feeling? Like, T is just saying how we all feel as Spurs fans. <laughs> from um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm all right, man. Obviously, COVID recovered and it helps being a, a rugby fan in these times, to be honest. Like, certain Saturdays, I'm like, oh, what? Spurs are playing? Mad thing. I'm watching rugby. Like, just, it just <laughs> it keeps me distracted still. Yeah, yeah, I'm sometimes you'd you be making the right decisions, avoiding Spurs sometimes. I can't lie to you. Oh, man, how's the week been treating you? You good? Yeah, man, feeling good. Just still waiting for this trim to happen so I don't look like a exiled KGB member, but oh. otherwise feeling good. Good, good, good. And we've got a special guest with us today, um, DJ Logan Sama. Ow. Hello. Um, who, who actually isn't a Tottenham Hotspur fan. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> we might change his name by the end of the show, though. Hopefully. Fingers no, crossed. No <laughs> He's looking good in that colour scheme, I can't lie. I'm, I'm an active Spurs hater and will be. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie, yeah, Logan. I, I can actually see the hatred, like in your face. <laughs> You're so disgusted mm-hmm. to be on a template with Spurs colours. You're disgusted to have your name anywhere near. I, I respect it. I actually yeah. respect it. Like, there's, there's no, there's no fraudulence here. I rate it. It's generational hate. Mm. <laughs> Handed down. So. How many generations you guys um, been with Sam friends? Uh, that I know of four. Jeez. Wow. We've just yeah. started the fifth. So, yeah. Sweet. Congratulations. The, the, the unfortunate <laughs> thing is, my my first nephew 
my sister married a Spurs fan, so he's a Spurs fan. But we've got <laughs> another. I've got another nephew now, and I can I can save him. So we're we're good. <laughs> we treat him. Like Logan, Logan definitely gives him the dead, the dead Christmas presents when it rolls around. <laughs> I only buy an England kit. So that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Nice, nice, nice. So, um, I mean, let's start. Let's start with the bad man, so we can go into the good. Like it was a tale of, um, I guess, three goals the right way and three goals the wrong way this week. But let's start with three goals the wrong way. Man City, um, Owen. What did you think going into the Man City game? I think it was um, Tanganga was the surprise inclusion in the back four. Yeah, pleasantly surprised. Um, I actually quite liked how we set up for that game. Like we obviously, I think Aurier is still injured, right? So with Doherty not doing great at the moment, it was good to see Tanganga come back. I've still got huge stocks in him. Uh, we had Sanchez and I think it was Dier playing centre back. Yeah. Uh, ben Davis. Being Ben Davis, um, uh, Hoybier and Ndombele again. And then, um, more interestingly, where we keep on rotating our kind of three attacking midfielders ahead of, or just behind Kane, we saw Lamella and Lucas come in who looked like they were hitting a little bit of a pocket of form. They looked like they were interchanging quite well in, in some of their lesser games, um, via, via Everton and West Brom. So I didn't hate that they started. Um, it was very much like a workhorse lineup ahead of then trying to get Son and Kane into the game. And I thought we we actually started out all right. Like first twenty minutes, we like we had a few good openings on the counter attack. Um, but Lamella um, had a bit of a dip. Like there was a couple of opportunities where he could have played in Son quite quite quickly. Not not so much through on goal, but could have got him into promising positions. And we he just failed to release the ball quick enough. Kane came really close with that free kick, which oh, yeah. which would have put us in a really good position. It was a stone free kick, but hit the inside post. Unfortunately for us, it didn't go in. And uh, then it all came full circle. Gundogan, who's been in ridiculous form recently, and I'm sure he'd be one of the danger men pointed out to us by Mourinho and say, you know, Hoybier, make sure you pick him up when he runs into the box. And he, he took it really, really literally just ran straight into him, gave away a clumsy penalty and from there, you know, it was always gonna go one way and City just started outplaying us from there. No, seriously man, before I get onto some of some of the more obvious mistakes, um I just wanna talk about Gondowan, the way he dealt with Sanchez. Great pronunciation by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. But like seriously, man, like I haven't seen a player eat grass in a long time, man. It was, it was. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't, I haven't seen something like that since Messi put Boateng in a blender with Scotch bonnet. Mm. Nasty. Mm. Like he just, I said it in the chat. Like obviously, Gundogan gave him like a little barge early on, um, and but you like you have enough core strength and enough time to reset yourself. Do you know what I'm saying? It wasn't like. He was trying to do the John Terry hero thing where he puts his head his head in the way when like he's already on the floor. It wasn't like that. Like Donny just fell over. Do you know what I'm saying? With with no shame. Like oh, I was it was very, very harrowing. And I only watched the highlights. Very, very harrowing to watch Sanchez defend. It, I mean it always has been, if we're being honest, but I think that was that was the one where it's like, right, this has been a forty two million pound L. We we when it gets to summertime. Well, I'm sure we'll get we'll get onto squad building a lot later. 
The long and short of that one is just to cut you there, or Sanchez put shame on the family name with that one there. I'm not gonna lie, man. Nothing's gonna bring that one back. And the thing is, when you think of that defender's legacy at Spurs, yeah, that's gonna be one of those those marquee moments that stand out going forward. So I feel bad for him. I know I'm still waiting for the viral reaction though. Interestingly, I thought that was gonna be memed all over the place, but I haven't seen it, so he might have got away with it. But yeah, man, it me, for some reason it reminded me yeah, of when Anthony Joshua knocked out Dylan White. It just reminded me of that, just seeing his face, looking towards Larissa, nothing but disbelief and shock. Ah, oh, anyway. Shout oh. out, Sai, listening in, saying that uh, Sanchez was auditioning for the You Got Served reboot with that. <laughs> 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 it was definitely, definitely sad to see, man. Like, it's, it's, it's not ideal. Um, Logan, dare I even ask what you think of uh, Tottenham's back line at the moment? Um, Say no more. (laughs) (laughs) If you, do you know what? If you were to ask me in the middle of the week without me having to give it any prior thought, I probably couldn't name a starting back four. Mm. Like, wow, I probably couldn't do it. To be Neither can Mourinho most weeks, to be honest. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> I mean, to be fair though, like uh, at least uh, at least Bale got one back for you uh, tonight and sent yeah. one of them Wolf Burgers to the shop pretty <laughs> savagely as well yeah. before his his goal. So kind of cancelled yeah. out, right? And I mean, um, like yeah, let's let's touch on Bill. Like, where 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 do we stand on Bill at the moment? Like, I think he had a very good performance tonight. Um, in fact, I wouldn't say very good. I would, th- I would say I think he showed up tonight. He showed up tonight um, alongside Deli Ali, who was good to see get his cameo. I think he made well. a big difference when he brought him on against City. Like he looked like a creative outlet for you. Um, I think you should get Is more that time. Bell? Yeah, Bale. Yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. I know you brought Deli on as well, right? Um, yeah. And who was the last? Was it Sissoko? Uh, Sissoko. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, th- I, th- I thought Bale looked sharp. Like admittedly, like the game was over and done with pretty quickly, but I thought Bell looked like a, a a good creative outlet, and I would definitely like to see that that combination of four playing mm-hmm. together at least at some point, you know, with Kane and Son. So yeah, I think um, ideally, in an ideal world, that's definitely what I want to see. I think from my perspective. Some of the smaller moments, like just just some of the smaller things, like even in today's game, um, there was a point where I think there was a ball that went over the top and Bill was running in from behind and the goalkeeper came out and Bill just like completely pulled out of it. Like he didn't want none of the physical confrontation. I feel like that says something about like where he's at with his game right now. So I agree with Logan, like he's definitely got that creative edge about him, but... Has he got the physical side? I'm not too sure, man. I think it might be eluding him right now. Yeah, Do, you know what it is? Do you know what it is with that? It's the wealth. Bell's been rich for a long time now. He doesn't need to rough around with some youths in the park. He doesn't need to do that anymore. He's too rich. For everything we know about Bell, he's got great techers. And when he wants to play, everyone knows he can turn it on. And um, yeah, we saw a glimpse of that today, but... Yeah, I agree with Logan though. I don't think he's been he's been he's been terrible for us. I think he's like a flower waiting to bloom, mm. and the right ingredients around him will will start to see reminiscence of what we know Bell to be. But yeah, it's not clicked just yet. Well, he's notoriously not a great trainer, right? Like he's not yeah. fantastic. He doesn't really show up in training. 
So he needs game time, but that's I guess that's kind of contrary to Marino, Mourinho's management style of just go out and play and I'll let you ease in. He doesn't really he, like the he's quite harsh with his with his changes uh, and his team selections from what I've seen like from his from his previous stints uh, in management. So I don't know if he'll get that opportunity, but obviously after tonight's performance, he looked looked great. And I think uh, against City, he looked like a viable creative outlet for you. So maybe you will get more minutes. Yeah, it will be it will be interesting to see what um, Bill said. I mean, what Jose has said about Bill after the match today. Um, that earlier in midweek after the Man City match, he had a lot to say about um, Bill's fitness, saying if Bell thinks he was fit from training like it was, I think he said that was far removed from reality or something like that. I can't remember the exact... <laughs> it was the picture, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was the picture on Instagram. Um, and I think he said something like good session or something when the real situation was he was at home doing physio or whatever he was doing. And um, I think Bell, um, Mourinho was obviously asked about it and his rebuttal was, yeah, it's far from reality or something to that extent, which is Mourinho all in one, really. Never, never really <laughs> want to back away from the cheekiness. Um, but also a bit of an awkward... Decision by Bell actually to actually post something when you know you're at home chilling. Like, what is this? Some kind of, do you know what I'm saying? Image thing. I don't know. Let's be honest, man. That's probably like a 16 year old school kid just putting mm. that up like on the mm. internship or something. Like, yeah, I doubt he's got. Yeah, yeah I doubt he's thinking about that, man. No, like, normally, like, without reading into the context too much, you'd be like, oh, like, this is, this is Joseph for another player under the bus. And, like, I've, I've always felt a bit funny about. Jose being all, uh, if you're 60%, I'd rather you were 60% and said you can play and I might play you than 60% and not play. And it's like, well, just, if man aren't fit, just man aren't fit, do you know what I mean? But this time, I have to, I kind of have to back Jose. Like, Bell was basically moving like a catfish on Instagram. Do you know what I mean? Like, you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't need to lie in it. Like, if you're... <laughs> You don't need to lie. We we know what your hamstrings and quads are like. Like if you're doing, you know how certain man they put the what's that with with the ice the ice like boot that massive boot that they got that goes up to the hip here yeah, with the with oh, the compression thing. Yeah, the compression yeah. thing. I would rather he did that. So it's like you know what you're taking your recovery seriously. Now mm. you want to lie. You want to be one of them influencers that took a picture in Dubai like six months ago and you're posting it now to make us think you're there. Come on, man. Like so, I don't I don't use you back, Jose, in it, but. I have to on this one. Uh, and do you think, um, I guess another point of contention at the moment is Lloris's self-destruction before we sort of like move on. Do you guys think um, there, there's anything to it? So a lot of people think that Lloris has been making too many mistakes recently. Um, is it just sort of like that recency bias? Is he still Mr. Reliable? Can he be relied on or is it time to... I think Hugo Lloris is probably one of the least of our problems if I'm going to be really honest I think before Project Restart mm-hmm. he had a couple calamitous moments in there even when France won the World Cup like everyone forgets the goal Croatia scored like it was, it was all Larissa's fault he just decided to do it he, he was moving like Carrius in the box but obviously after Restart arguably our best player he was he's been good like most of the season as well and I, I don't, I don't want to say that you know you come to expect with Larice that like, he does have these moments where like he'll he'll get some credit in the bank with some performances and the reflex shot stopping, and then he'll just have a bit of head loss like two three games in a row like you know you you would rather your keeper was a lot more consistent than that, but I'm taking him over what ninety five percent of the keepers in the prem anyway, you know 
hopefully we we were in a bit of a bit of a shit run of form anyway without Larissa. Even if Larissa was on form, we probably would have still lost some of these games anyway. So I I have faith he'll he'll come back into form eventually. Do you know what I'm saying? Like even, like we said, we played like Wolf's Burger King tonight and he pulled out a couple pulled out a couple stops. So I'm I'm not I'm not overly I'm not overly um concerned about Hugo to be fair. I think if you look at like recent performances as well of like Allison and De Gea, they've also had a, like a couple of clangers, Allison mm-hmm. especially, right? So I think for me, like Loris is is always in contention for that top three. Like he's fighting for that top three keepers in the league. I think Edison is definitely like the the, the guy, and then you're looking at De Gea, uh, Allison, uh, and Loris for those other two spots. Like and he is. Like you said, you're not you're not looking to replace your keeper anytime soon. There's way more important uh, areas in the squad that need looking at than that. I think. Yeah, I think um, I think Larissa has got a lot of shouting to do <laughs> at, at full time at, at that centre. Um, whichever centre back pairing he's got in front of him, most games to be honest, he's got a lot of shouting to do, man. So feel sorry for him, but the spotlight's on him at the moment, um, as well as with Hoybier who. I think was much better today than he was um, against Man City. So hopefully that's something to look forward to going forward. Um, it was a shame, to be honest, that we conceded the goal today. Um, it was also a shame to see Herbier and Ndombele come on. I felt like um, it's the same pattern that we've seen recently, you know, with the kind of like sitting off at halftime kind of thing. And um, with one eye on West Ham, I'm thinking back to... Um, the the last result the yeah the the three two so I mean we we can't have that sort of thing again where we sit back um, look at that look at the smug Donny in the middle yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we've timed this we timed this um, appearance to perfection probably like the only time um, West Ham have been above Spurs at kickoff for like the past decade or something but um, West Ham have, <laughs> West Ham have come um, a long way, like a really, really long way. Whether it's um, you're t- talking of like different owners, um, relegation, different stadium, like how does it feel to be sort of in this position, like third? Um, I'm sure you're like you've got a game in hand on top of Spurs as well. Six points here, like you're not in danger. So how, how does it feel at the moment? Oh, you got, you got, you got a game in hand on us, I think. Uh, is it, yes, is it the other way around? I think, you know, you've yeah, got six points, but we've got a game in hand, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's not even a long journey. Like, last season, we got 39 points and scraped by surviving by the, you know, the skins of our teeth. Yeah. And then this season, we're, you know, just outside the top four, sort of like trade, trading places to Chelsea every other week. Um, you know, looking down the table and seeing Spurs and Arsenal... You know, fighting it out for mid-table supremacy. <laughs> you know, it's, it's great. I'm just taking it for what it is, which is complete nonsense. Like this, this season's like the end of last season. This season is just Crazy. not. It's just nonsense because you're playing games every two, three weeks. You know, Liverpool have come off the caffeine. It's Man City's time to 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 put the graft in. Man United. Like Ole was about to get sacked at the start of the season, and now they're pushing. Uh, City, I know they're like ten points behind City or something, but like you know they're pushing for that that top spot as well. Nothing makes sense this season. Nothing makes sense. 
Uh, and the least of that is West Ham being anywhere near Champions League spots. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I am just, my, I'm, I've taken my hands off the wheel and wherever I end up, whether that is going straight up the highway or if it's veering off into the hard shoulder, I'll, you know, whatever happens is whatever happens. And I'm just trying to enjoy it when we play well, uh, which we've been doing quite a fair bit recently. Mm-hmm. It's it's very interesting. I think um, West Ham have had some 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 great performances this season mm-hmm. so far. Um, you think back to like the last um, Spurs and um, West Ham game, which was no, was it the first one when it was wasn't it Mourinho's debut? Mm. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. And, We've um, had some great moments against Spurs. You know, yeah. we were, we we beat you at uh, White Hart Lane. We were the first team to beat you at your new stadium as well, <laughs> which was great. Obviously, <laughs> Lanzini goal, you know. Uh, we're not Spurs, so I don't think we're selling that Lanzini goal on DVD. Oh, my days. Uh, <laughs> it's very memorable for me, lives on. Um, so, yeah, it's, been, we've got some, it's nice to have some good memories against Spurs. Great. All right, all right. Now that the gloves are off, how does it feel to get relegated, mate? <laughs> well, I've done it twice. I've, I've done two two stretches in the championship, yeah. and I can tell you, uh, turning up on the weekend to watch your team play Gillingham uh, in a league match is not fun at all. I've been to three playoff finals, I think. Going to a playoff final and losing a playoff final is one of the most miserable experiences anyone can ever suffer because you travel all the way there. Like this is when it was in the Millennium Stadium, Cardiff as well. So I've gone mm. all the way there. Uh, we're, we're playing Palace. We've lost the we've lost the playoff final. And like not only did you lose the final, but you have to process the idea that you're going to be watching championship football again next year. It's horrible. It's and then four, four hours on the way home. Oh, bruv, it's, it's a myth. It's a big myth. Um, I hope Spurs get to enjoy it someday. <laughs> I wish nothing but bad things. <laughs> it wasn't clear already. <laughs> but seriously, well, what, what do you credit that transition from, though? Because when I think about West Ham going back two years ago, I always likened them to like a bullish team, very strong, move the ball quickly. Whereas when I watched them more recently, I feel mm. like they're far more creative, far more sort of ticky-tacky, so to speak. What do you, what do you credit that transition to? The, the only thing that I've really noticed, right, is the organisation at the back. And it started when Moyes started playing three at the back with two full-backs. So it's basically five at the back, but we're transitioning full-backs. And I can't remember the first game that he did that against. Um, but we just looked mad solid. And since then, we've had really good defensive record. Um, you know, we we played at the start of the season, looked terrible at the start of the season as well. Didn't start well at all and got in a bad run. And we just looked like we couldn't defend. It's like the the personnel we had were not good enough to play a back four. Um, you know, uh, Diop was looking out of form. Basically, Ogbonna on his own. Balbuena wasn't really delivering. Uh, and then we picked up Craig Dawson. And I'm not going to lie, we signed Craig Dawson on loan from Watford at the championship. And I'm like, I'm, I'm on the internet. I'm cussing the board. Like, what are we, you know, what are we doing picking these players up again? Like, there's no ambition. And I have to hold my hands up and say, 
that Craig Dawson at the back has been incredible. You know, the players that we've brought in have massively overperformed. I don't know if they'll keep it up. You know, we've shifted out the players that underperformed. You know, we had players like Anderson, who we've, we've loaned out again. He had a good start to his career at West Ham. And then last season, really, really bad. Just couldn't find his feet. Um, you know, we've had a lot of peak players come in that just haven't done the job. Obviously, Sebastian Allaire, uh, we took a big bath on that and sold him to Ajax. And again, when that happened, we had the transfer window, January window. We shift our second striker out. Our main striker's got hamstrings that are made out of elastic bands. Um, and the only striker that we've got in the squad other than him is um, Oladapo, so, uh, who's a youth. You know, he's got no mm-hmm. first-team experience. We're running out with that. And then we pick up Lingard, who, you know, is a gifted player, England international you know, I'm happy that he's doing well. But when we sign him again, it's like we need a striker and we're picking up another CAM, basically. And we've already got Lanzini, we've got Ben Rama, you know, we've got Bowen coming off the side, uh, Rice pushing forward. That number 10 kind of position is... And Fournals as well, he's looked decent this season. So it's not a player that was filling a need that we had. And again, it was like another transfer window when that was all the business we did, players shifting out. Got no cover, um, but guys have just been overperforming. Lingard, Jay Lings has come in and been sensational, playing alongside Ben Rama, making Ben Rama like really up his game and look dangerous. Antonio's just been an absolute workhorse, yeah. a great player. Dawson, Dawson's looked like a, an international, you know, uh, for the last couple of weeks. He's looked like he's ready to play against any team in the world. Fantastic. Diop stepped up when Obama got injured, looked good. And then the younger players coming through. Ben Johnson came through on the left. Uh, He's looked fantastic. Ryan Fredericks coming in and looking like a a real right winger. Along with with obviously the two Czech boys that I've not mentioned yet. And they've been, uh, what amazing signings they've been, you know, for... 22 million, I think, combined for those. So, yeah, it's, I, I think it's just everyone's been overperforming. We look really organised at the back, which is great. That stability at the back allows us to play that kind of counter-attacking football that you're seeing us play. Like, And we're retaining, football, we're retaining possession, which we were terrible at before. So bad at maintaining. We, you know, we were playing games and having like mid-30% possession against teams because we just couldn't retain it. Now that we're doing that a lot more solid, yep. some of those more creative players like your Fournals, your Ben Ramas, Lingards now, Bowens, they're, they're having the freedom to, to play a bit. So, yeah, it's been really solid stuff. I'd attribute it to Moyes, getting people organised and giving them the confidence to play. Uh, and I think that three at the back with the two extra wing-backs is working really well for us. I'm really pleased with it. I think just off that, like, you know, I'm glad you mentioned Suchik at the end, but there was just two main things I was going to pick up on. Like, any Spurs fan listening to this will just be thinking, oh, so that's what it's like when, like, your board addresses, like, your squad and, you know, you're going to take a £40 million hit and actually try and sell them off even if even if it's got to be cut price. And, oh, you're not going to leave the, like, like players who aren't good enough there to be, like, seven years, hold tight Lamella and, and them and yeah. that's That's what it feels like. And then my other thing that, that even though I don't have a hatred for West Ham, just like you, your ops in it, like it is what it is. Like. I, I, I feel like West Ham is not really on the radar for you, man, to have a hatred of. To be mm. honest, 
you know. But I think my main, obviously, my main thing with Suchek, besides, because I can't, I can't like, I don't watch West Ham play, though, so I've heard, like, oh, like, he's like a Czech Fellaini and stuff like that, but I know Suchek is doing bits, like. Mm-hmm. So I was going to ask you, besides him stopping these nonsense Mark Noble for England shouts, like, how does man, how does man actually ball? Because I, I know he played centre mid, but he's racking points on FPL, and I get pissed off when I've left him as first sub. So yeah, what go on with this guy? Um, he's got, he's basically just playing alongside Rice. He's putting in a shift. Um, I think Moyes said the the comparisons with Fellaini are inaccurate. He's more of a Tim Cahill, I think he said. Okay. Uh, which is interesting for him to yeah. say. Because he's, he is a DM rather than like an attacking. But he gets forward. So he'll he'll pick the ball up and push on and drive. Um, and he creates space really well. But he cleans up also. You know, he's one of those guys where you rarely see him make any mistakes. Doesn't really give the ball away. He's always putting himself about. The the thing I like about both those Czech boys is they up the energy of the team. You know, there was a big problem with West Ham of strolling around the park. And, the, you know, Mark Noble, cool. He's been there <laughs> for 50 years or however long he's been playing for West Ham. He was never the fastest player anyway, right? And for the last four years at least of his career, I've watched him basically play the whole game inside the centre circle and pass the ball sideways. And now that he's kind of made way for Sushek, we've got a, a lot more of a, a dynamic look to the to the middle of the park, uh, and a lot more ability to break forward, but then also get back and and reform a defensive position with either Rice or Sushek in front of a three with the fullbacks filling in. So if we do lose possession, we're just not getting the, the arse torn out of us immediately. We've got players that are going to come back in as well. And then, of course, set pieces, you know, West Ham and set pieces. We've been doing great. Sushek will pop up with a header at least once a game. Might go in, might not, but his goal-scoring record's been great as well. So, yeah, dangerous on set pieces also. Mm. It's good that you touched on uh, Rice as well, because I felt like he was getting quite a lot of criticism at the start Mm. of the season for not, like, any particular reason. I wasn't really watching West Ham games like that, but I felt like he was getting criticised quite a lot, maybe more from neutral fans. And obviously just him coming in and developing that partnership with Suchek. Like, when uh, Dan Lawless from West Ham TV was on here, we were asking him, like, oh, who's the most overrated West Ham player? And I said, Mark Noble. And he, he completely dismissed that. So it was good that you acknowledged that he, he has been on quite a slow decline because there was there was that match where... We played you in the project restart. I think Mark Noble just played. He played as a the most advanced midfielder, or more mm. or less that as a ten, and he was just completely ineffective. And I think him coming out of the team makes you look far less limited. I'd agree with that, and you know, I don't, I don't, I, I would never speak ill of Mark Noble. He's a tremendous servant of the club, <clears throat> um, you know, and he's been there for so long and put in a shift, and and he's a good player. But for me, I think he's a limited player. Um, there's definitely mm. a ceiling on what he can do. Um, he's one of those players that you look at and he's like, you know, he's a, he'll run for the team, he'll work for the team. But I don't often feel like he's going to do, he's going to create something amazing for the team. And he's got to that point in his career now where 
he might want to put the effort in for the team, but he just doesn't have the legs and his legs will go real fast. And when when your main thing is like you're the guy that puts in the effort and you just haven't got the legs anymore. Ineffective. There's not really much left for you other than, you know, I, I, hope, he, I, I hope he transitions into coaching. I know he's doing his badges and stuff and he'll, you know, he'll be around the club for forever. Um, but yeah, the, the, the Susek is just a straight upgrade uh, and, and, it's, and it's showing in, in, in the way that the team's performing. Definitely agree. Um, I think it would be um, interesting if we sort of think about uh, West Ham Spurs combined 11. I mean, Logan, I'd let you pick. I'd let you pick the formation because it's obvious we'd get the keeper. Yeah. <laughs> what? I said I'd let I'd let you pick the formation. No, I heard you, you, said, you know, I you heard know, we said. get the keeper. Mate. I don't know about Come that. On. I don't know about that. Fabianski's pretty reliable still, but <laughs> he's not Lloris, so yeah, I hear. You. Should we go um, three at the back or? No, I think three at the back. Loki gives. Only because if we say three at the back, it's going to be very hard to argue out of Suchek and Rice to put one of them out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I think I think four three three might be a, a wider shout possibly. Yeah, yeah let's go with four three three. Just just natural. <laughs> I think I think I think a four two three one is a good look. Okay. Personally, the FIFA formation. Trust yeah. me. <laughs> FM. I know, we know who the one is. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure who the two is because I'm not having Choi Burger and Debelli in there. Um, ah! Oh no! Wait, what? <laughs> hey, hey, this is a Ndombele Stan podcast. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you can, I think you can get Suchek, Rice, and Ndombele in there, even in the two three one. But we'll. We'll, we'll let we'll let Logan do his eleven. We'll hold the slant. <laughs> we'll hold the slant. I got I got I got my you know what I'm saying. I got my strap here ready just in case. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So who, who would you have at right back? Let's let's say um, we start with goalkeeper. Sufal, man. I know you like Tanganga, but I think Sufal. He's in really good form as well. Like, I have to take form into consideration. Yeah, are we? Are we? Are we, are we international. Like, we got to do. We got to do form still. We got to okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you Sufal over. Um, it's Aurier though. So I just. I'm just. Yeah, I was gonna yeah, give you that. Yeah. Give you that name just in case you might. You might want to rethink. My bad. No, you're good. Ah, right, cool, cool. Still, so, <laughs> are your first centre back? Oh, it's definitely not Sanchez. Um, Dawson. I'm putting Craig Dawson in. Reliable Craig. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. 
Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Listen. Uh, yeah, I think Tobes is right saying Aurier has been probably been better than Sufau over the whole season. But yeah, on form, Sufau in. Then Craig Dawson, and second centre-back. Uh, Dyer, probably? I don't know. Who do yeah, you want? I'd, I'd, I'd chuck Dyer in there. Yeah. Yeah, Dyer's probably been the best of our bunch. But we are a mud boy conceded right back. Dyer's the best of a bad bunch. Fuck. I was ready to concede the other centre back position as well. I can't lie. Like we don't really have much ammo. Only, only because like I think Ogbonna's had a really good season. Mm. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to name nine West Ham players. Do you know um, what? Yeah. <laughs> I to, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm trying to keep him some. Yeah. So that when I try and take some. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, like, I don't mind not having Diop and Ogbonna in the, in the side because mm. I want Cresswell at left back I'm not including Reguilon because he's injured that's the thing mm. no, if you don't include Reguilon then, then, then to be honest he gets in over Ben Davis in my opinion yeah you know, so, so this is this is this is on form and fit yeah yeah okay on form when uh, fit Reguilon yeah. Re- yeah Cresswell's a bit shaky going back but his delivery of crosses is very, very, very good. Five, yeah. six assists or something like that this season. Very good. And set, you know, set places as well. Set pieces. Got width, definitely. Uh, we can skip the two because you know who I'm picking for that. Um, depends on your team. It depends on your team. I've still got the strap. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I would say... See, this is players that I rate, that I actually rate, then the three is just going to be Sun, Lingard and Bale, because I think Bale's sensational anyway. And I just like watching him play football and then Harry Kane up front. But you're putting Lingard in number 10 there, just to sort of... Yeah, just to, you know, float around, put in the effort. Wait, Lingard over Ndombele, though. Uh, yeah. I have to investigate this a bit more, man. This yeah. is a bit booky. What are we seeing? Is it because he wasn't playing the 90 minutes at the beginning of the season? It's a West Ham, it's a West Ham fans team anyway, so... If I had my way, there'd only be Kane, Son and Lloris in there, if I'm honest, but, you know. I was going to ask, <laughs> what, did you have, did you have Lingard on the, you have Lingard on the right, yeah? No, you Lingard. Uh, we play Lingard on the left or in the middle. So where, where are you putting Lingard in your team, 10? In the middle, yeah. Who's on the right? So, uh, Bale, Bale coming in. Bale coming in. Okay, because I like. I've, I've, again, I've not watched a lot of West Ham, but I like that yeah. Jared Bowen. You, he's like good, it. but you know what? His decision making at the end is not up there yet. Okay. So my bubbling champagne. <laughs> <laughs> Smart water, bro. Big brain water. <laughs> Delicate water. You get me. Um, yeah, Bowen. Bowen's exciting. Work rate, 
whatever. But he's a, he's, he's a championship player still. He's got development to go. Um, and I feel like his his final decision making is is either too slow or the wrong decision. So he'll either be a split second too slow and he'll get caught between not playing the ball that he should do or taking the shot, or he'll do an early decision and it's the wrong one. And he just hasn't got that hasn't got that decision making sharpness that you see from a top player. But in terms of his positional play and his graft and his pace, uh, yeah, he's really promising. He's an exciting player. And I hope that he continues to, to progress under under Moyes. Okay. Okay. Nice. And then he's not um, talking to Bale or Sun, so <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously Kane is Kane is inevitable. Um, yeah. but let's discuss um, Antonio a little bit. Like I I, I do yeah. like Antonio. I think he's um a very good player. I think you guys mm-hmm. missed him massively when he was injured. Um and uh, I, I don't know. I feel like he he brings that, or he he finishes your team. If you know what I mean, he gives you that thing yeah. up front. I mean, he, he allows that team to scare people. I think like he's actually a, a frightening prospect. Yeah, running at on you. the pitch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's he's a player that I think should be in an England squad for a major tournament because. If you threw him on for 15 minutes against a tired defense, it's terrifying. Mm. Um, but I don't. He's not one of those guys that I think he should be like. You know, I'm not one of them nobs for England. He should be starting in the middle, give him the captain's armband. But I like options, and I feel like Antonio is a tremendous physical presence. He's really good at um, hold up play. Supplying people around him as well. He's always bringing. He's not selfish in the slightest in any way. He's always bringing people into the play, um, and he's a scary. You see what he does to defenses. It's hard to deal with. Tires them out. Even if he doesn't create the chances himself, it's tiring dealing with Antonio for for ninety minutes. Mm, I've got to give him credit as well. I feel like he's one of those strikers. Like if you can give him one chance, he has a vast like array of finishes where he can mm. still put the ball away. Like he's a very good finisher. He can head. He's actually got a fairly decent left foot on him, and yeah, right foot. Obviously, he's <laughs> sorry. I've just seen the, the, the tweet a bit of a bag. <laughs> yeah, if Sanchez plays, if Sanchez plays, it's going to be very, very, very long. I think I'm I'm inclined to agree with pretty much most of what you said, Logan, with the with the England thing. Like, it's, he's never going to be in most people apart from like the proper Yadar Hammers fans that will yeah, say, that's 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 that. "Yeah, you know what I'm saying." Like, that man will say he's got to go, but and you know I don't trust Southgate with the keys anyway. But you know, years years and years and years ago, I remember when like I think it was it was Aaron Lennon's first England tournament, and I can't remember what team it was, but they got through to the next round and. So I think other, so I think a couple of men were obviously playing with other men in, of international years and they were saying like, who is this? We don't know who this guy is. Like he's just lightning fast. We we don't know. We've never watched this guy before. But we so they were they were shook of not that Aaron had like an amazing tournament, but he was effective when you threw him at, when you threw him on because fullbacks didn't know what to do. They've never seen this guy before. He's got wheels. You know what I'm saying? So again, like you know, realistically, Antonio's behind Tammy Calvert Lewin. Ings, etc., as as another centre forward, or even like a, a, a like an inside forward option coming coming off the coming off the right. But I think certain centre backs, even high quality ones, you know, not that he's gonna 
give them weekly trouble if they played him every but they they're not going to be overly familiar with him. Do you know what I'm saying? And you just see this you see this black bison coming off the bench and just just troubling everyone in the last twenty like I hear that still. Just I've, I've, unfortunately, it's it's not going to happen unless there's like a mad number nine injury crisis. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But uh, he deserves a shot. How old is he now? Twenty eight, twenty nine? Nah, man, he's got to be thirty by now. Let me look that up because I can't. Depends what part. Yeah, I'm sure he's in his thirties. He's thirty oh. now. Yeah. Thirty <laughs> <laughs> one next month. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, he's. I think he's always been a bit of a bogeyman. Um. For Spurs, especially when, when you play sometimes, he always gets a goal, man. Um, and I guess um, let's touch let's touch on the actual game, like what we think is going to happen in, in the Spurs uh, West Ham game. Um, we both got ex Man United uh, rejects managers uh, in ways than Mourinho. Um, Ohio, how do you think Mourinho will approach the game? I we're away, right? Oh, fuck's sake. Um, I think he's going to tell Hoybier to stick on Suchek a lot. It'll be, it'll be either him or Sissoko. He'll be like, you, one of you, man, has to man mark um, Suchek because he's, he's a big goal threat. I think the three, I think the three, three and the, and the Lazzini screamer is going to be etched in his mind because I think effectively that, that moment or that, like, that second half perform, that, that eight minute performance even. Sorry, so I just said feed everyone lasagna. <laughs> I think that like eight minutes shaped a lot of how we play or how we tend to play now. I think, you know, that game, you know, there's a caveat with the United game with, with them having 10 men and stuff. But even before United went down to 10, like, we were still trying to play out. I think that, that West Ham game got um, Jose a bit shook, to be honest. And that's how we've been doing that. Like, the long ball came, pardon me, came playing the quarterback thing. So, Annoyingly, because West Ham are in good form, Mourinho is obviously like a fan of Lingard as well. He's going to be worried of what Lingard's about. I do unfortunately think we are going to go back to being more defensive than we would hope for, especially with them playing well, being higher than us in the league, etc., etc. Um, Selection-wise, I'm not sure. I don't think Ori is not going to be available. Reguilon's not going to be available. So I'm expecting, expecting Tanganga to probably come back in. Because um, obviously you've got you've got that threat on the left hand side. Cresswell's going to have to get closed down quite a lot. Mm. Um, is Antonio back? Yes. Yes. Fantastic. Fantastic. Right. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> okay. So if if Sanchez plays, we're going to lose three <laughs> one. <laughs> That's the first thing. Um, but yeah, I think I think we're going to be. I don't think we'll be like two banks of four like straight. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not going to be like. Um, try just try and catch the one just on the counter. Like I think we are going to try and retain possession. Annoyingly, Ndombele had to come on um, today. Would have to be honest, would have rather left him at home. Um, but you got to be sure. So yeah, I think it will be more defensive than we would hope, just because we're away, they're playing well, etc. Um, but I think he will he will want to try and retain the ball when we do have it. Um, but our standard quick quick standard quick transition football is what I'm expecting. Hmm. Definitely, definitely agree with that. And um, Logan, I guess I should put it to you. How do you think Moya should approach the game? Um, the, yeah. the big, the big thing is, you know, whether the whether whether Kane was rested or if he's actually suffering an injury. Because I've seen a couple in the nose say that Kane was injured two days ago, mm. and then he didn't travel. Interesting to see. 
if he plays. He's very different prospects if he's not playing. Um, <laughs> I'm a lifelong West Ham fan, so it's very difficult for me to believe in any kind of consistency whatsoever. Like, we might turn up and play three at the back with the two fill-in midfielders and you can't break us down on the counter because we're just packing that bank of five with the two in front of us and then we bang you on the on the counter with you know the speed up front that we have now. Or we just might be a complete shambles and we just get ripped apart by players that, if I'm holding my hands up, are far more tickingly gifted than the ones that we've got in our team. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. I would definitely set up, firstly, to be organised at the back. All all of our success has come from being organised at the back, but also we've looked our best when we're really actively pressuring teams as well. So we'll set up, and rather than setting up and just sitting back, which we have a tendency to do, and I think we did that against Liverpool and got punished really badly for it and so I'd let them play, I want to see us set up and pressure and harass in the midfield. I want to defend from the front, and if we do that, I feel like we have the best chance um, because we have got players that will tire you and, and weigh you down. We are really good on the break against teams once we frustrate them and absorb a lot of the pressure. Um, and we've always got a set-piece threat in us every every game. So there's always a threat there of a set-piece. So, um, you know, it'll either be a tight, cagey game and it will be decided by, you know, one goal either way uh, or I feel like we'll get outclassed and we'll kind of remember our place in the league that's not fifth, that's not... that You know, West Ham are not the fifth best team in the Premier League. I'm not that delusional. So, <laughs> with your correction, it might happen, or we might overperform again, as we have done. I just don't know what to predict. Yeah, yeah, My hands are off the wheel. Whatever happens, happens. You know, my heart hopes that we can slap you all over the place and we make a highlight reel out of Sanchez, but I've got no idea. <laughs> I've got no idea, man. So, um, quick question for myself before we sort of like move on to. I think there's some listeners' questions as well. Um, but um, where where do you realistically think uh, West Ham should be aiming for like, by the end of the season? If we finish top eight, that's a huge improvement on last season because of our performance last season was terrible, and our personnel has not really changed drastically. You know, we've brought in uh, uh, Lingard on loan and uh, Soufal. Suchek, yeah. Suchek was with us last season. Dawson. Ben Rama. Realistically, we've loaned two players mm-hmm. and brought in a fullback and then brought through younger players. So, um, <laughs> for me, if we finish top eight, nice great stuff from David Moyes. If we finish top eight, great stuff. If we get a Europa spot, I'll be over the moon. I'm not in any kind of delusion that we're going to get Champions League. Um, I'll be I'll be happy with top eight. Top eight is massively overperforming for us. Europa is basically like us winning a cup, pretty much. Um, other than that, that's that's kind of what I'm hoping for. 
Um, Tobes has sent in a question asking, what's your view on Ben Rama and mm. um, specifically this season and should he start against Ben Ben Rama's an interesting one because I like Ben Rama. I've got a lot of friends that don't rate him at all. Um, and I can understand why because he's not, a con- again, he's a championship player still, very talented. He's an international, but, you know, it's not, not the same. Um, I think that Ben Rama, Ben Rama looked his best in the first game that Lingard played. Uh, and that really like galvanized him. It gave him uh, a lot more confidence. One of the things that that uh, Ben Rama does a lot is he gives the ball away, looking for passes, because the movement off the ball is not has not been there for him. And he's playing exciting passes that you know someone should be running onto, but they're you know they're going into gaps and spaces and just give, losing the ball, or he's overhitting them. And I feel like adding Lingard to the to the side now is is giving him that uh, that ability to play better. But that also means we need to balance because I don't think we can play Antonio, Lingard, Bowen, and Ben Rama all in the same side if we're going to play two wing backs and three at the back. And I don't think we've got the personnel to play four at the back. So I like rotating alongside Fornells and Lanzini. Um, I would always start Lingard. I'd always start Bowen. And I'm rotating whoever I feel like is in the best form uh, in, that, in that last spot uh, for me, in that kind of num- number 10 spot. Because Lingard generally for us plays out on the left. Um, I'd love to see Ben Rama continue to grow the same way that I want to see Bowen to grow. Um, ben Rama's like not the first name on the team sheet for me. Mm. He's not like he's a player that I would love to see carry on improving, but he's not at that consistent level where uh, I feel like um, I, I feel like you know he's he's guaranteed to start in the team, as, even though he's one of our most exciting. Yeah, it seems like uh, maybe a rough diamond at the moment. Um, still, still unfinished product. Yeah. Yeah. Um, got another question from uh, Jess J zero nine three on Twitter. Um, he's asked: Should West Ham get a Europa League spot? Um, do they, with maybe three good additions, have the depth and quality to build on this season while still competing in Europe? Yeah, I mean, listen, I know I, I saw that other comment that was posted up as well in the in the chat there, and I'm not, you know, I know they were parring, but I'm not even under any illusions the reason why one of the reasons why we're doing very well this season is because we haven't got a, a, a clogged fixture list outside of the, the Premier League um, you know imagine us with this squad having one fit first team striker trying to play on Thursday nights as well as Cups and League fall it was, it's falling down you know and we rely so heavily on, on Rice and Sushek in the middle that we don't, you know, a cover for that is noble. As we said, he's just on a declining curve. We definitely need to bring in, I think we're in a good place with fullbacks. I would like to see us bring in uh, more cover. Up, like we need strikers desperately. You know, if we want to compete in Europe, we probably need another two strikers, honestly, um, because we're going to have to rotate out of Antonio. He's, you know, he's 31 in a month. 
So next season, mid-season, he's going to be 32. His hamstrings are going to get tighter and tighter. He's going to be more and more injury-prone. So we need a striker that's looking to take over for Antonio. But then I feel like also we need a backup as well, yeah. which we don't have because Oladapo didn't have a great debut uh, when he came on. Uh, he actually got subbed off. He came on and got subbed off again, which is always the biggest embarrassment, especially as a young player. So uh, he's got a long way to go. And uh, another centre-back. I think we need another good centre-back um, because the ones that we, you know, I think we need to shift Balbuena on. He just hasn't hasn't delivered. Um, and between Diop and Ogbonna, I don't think either of those are form-wise, because, you know, Diop was, Diop two seasons ago, Man United were looking to buy him for £50 million. Um, and then last season, last season, Ogbonna's been great. So, um, but then he, you know, picked up an injury. So I'd like to see another centre-back as well. I think at least three players that are good enough to start as well. Yeah, Sanchez is going cheap if you guys are on the market for one, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think um, most of the other questions I've got here, we've like kind of touched um, uh, sort of earlier in the podcast. Uh, guys, did you have any other questions or? Uh, I just, I just want, I just want Bale to to just think back to that night at Upton Park when he got fouled, didn't get the foul, turned around and said, "Yeah, boss me, boss me," and just slapped him. <laughs> I, need, I need that man. I need that so badly. I hope we see it. I really hope we see it. And. Um, yeah, like random one, random question just to end the pod. Um, we kind of have, a, or we have five or side tournaments sometimes across um, the different pods. So, like, we get the Spurs pod, the yeah. Tottenham pod, the Arsenal pod, I mean, Chelsea pod. And I guess um, my question is if you was going to pick a Graham team five or side to participate, who would be yeah. on your team? Um, I would pick Kamikaze because he's. A- Professional footballer, Cosy, um, <laughs> because yeah. he's a semi-pro footballer. Um, I would pick Kano because he played as a kid at Chelsea, I think it was. Oh, fans didn't know. That's some trivia. Yeah. Mm. I don't know what it is about him. He strikes me as someone that can kick ball. Yeah, a Terminator because he was a professional footballer for years. Yeah. And yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who's my last ringer that is actually a grime artist? Um, Footsie's Nang. Footsie played at a high level as a youth. Uh, was that Footsie or Cookie? Footsie. 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 Well, 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 is that where you got the name oh, from? Jeez. Um, I'm trying to think who else is cold. I think J2K's cold as well. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. I can't remember though. I think J2K like played as a, as a, as a youth for a, a good club also. I'll See, I'm just cheating. I'm just trying to pick all the all the grime artists that I can remember that have ever played professional football <laughs> at any kind of level. But yeah, all attack, all out. Yeah. Oh, I'm maximum in goal because he's a good keeper. Still. No, I was gonna say Jamie in goal because yeah, I swear he's from Tottenham as well, at least from North. So we need to get a Spurs ref in there. <laughs> Come on. Well, Maxim's um, a West Ham fan, so it works out for me. <laughs> There you go, man. Um, Logan, it's been great having you on the show. 
It was wonderful to turn this into a West Ham podcast for at least. I was, I was thinking that halfway through, you know, I was like, yeah. I haven't spoken about them West Ham for so long in my life. But. You basically, just didn't talk about your glorious four-one win against Wolfsburg at King United. But yeah, Gareth Bell looked very good. I hope he gets more minutes. I, you know, I, I, I hate Spurs, but I like watching good ballers, and Gareth Bale is a good baller, and you know, I like seeing him play well, and I want to see more of that as long as it's not this weekend at London. <laughs> After that, it's fine. Well, yeah, you know, I, 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 I hear that. I definitely want to see Bell do good, man. Um, and he is a baller, just in my opinion, hasn't shown enough of it since he's come back. But what can you do, man? Can I ask a question? Of course. Do you think, realistically, if you finish outside of Champion League spots this season, do you think Harry Kane will be here next year? If we don't win the Europa League, I don't. I don't think he will be here. Mm. I think. I think if he does go, Levy will be like, Levy's going to move, yeah, as if you put Brock Lesnar as the first person in the Royal Rumble. He's like, I'm probably going to lose this, but, you know, if you're going to get me out, you're, you're going to have to move mad. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's going to, he's, anyone who comes in, Levy will be like, okay, come back with 150 M's. It wouldn't yeah. surprise me if we sold him for less than that, obviously COVID market and that, but if we, if we finish outside top four and don't win even, like, Everyone's like, oh, you can't look down at the Carabao. Yes, we need the trophy, but when we won it in 08, like, nothing really happened after that. No. Yeah, if we it don't... It doesn't give you access to anything else, really, winning the League Cup. So, so if, we don't, if we don't find some... If we don't get in the Champions League by hook or crook, then it, it cannot surprise anyone if he's like, yeah, I'm going to bounce, man. Mm. Like, fair enough, isn't it? Mm. I think that's, that's as fair as, as you can put it. Um... It's not for me. I think it's it's not necessarily that we have to win the Europa League, but like Ohio said, it's it's the Champions League qualification. Mm. So it is top four or Europa League, but it's definitely one of the two. Um, I'm sure. The, do you, do you guys agree? Does anyone disagree? No, it's pretty much the same. Like I think, see, if we don't win the Europa League, finish outside the top four, he's definitely going to want to leave. Mm. Um, it's just a question of if anyone has to pee in in a COVID market because I feel like Man City are probably the only ones with the pee. I was going to say PSG, but they've been moving a bit funny in the last like year, eighteen months, signing people like Danilo Pereira for as a centre back. Mm. Um, and I I really don't see Levy selling to another Premier League club. So it's a funny one. I always saw him maybe going to Real Madrid in the future to kind of take on Benzema or take over from Benzema once he once he plays our teams. He's like 34, 33, uh, 34 now, right? So, yeah. And I don't even think they've got the money. So, yeah, I think he'll want to leave. But ultimately, I don't think anyone's going to have to pay for it. And we're going to offer him a bump, a new contract, and we'll see what happens from there. I think that's what's going to keep him there, just the inflated price tag of selling him to a Premier League rival. Because I think Man United should have bought him for £200 million like two years ago, honestly. Mm. Um, just gone all in and spent it because um, they got the money. They're already they're already £700 mil in the hole, aren't they? So they don't care. Uh, different type of debt, though, because they owe the debt to the owners or something. It's weird. It's not like Barca and Real debt. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I think the... Uh, 
the optics of selling him for only 100 M's and it going to a Premier League club, Levy probably wouldn't do that, I don't think. Um, and as you said, the the kind of obvious clubs that he'd go to around the world, the the Spanish league is, is, is a mess in terms of their finances. They're not really spending that on anybody at the moment. Um, and then you've got like Juve and PSG and they don't, do they need him? Oh, PSG don't have a nine, to be fair. Do you have mm. a nine? Icardi. Mm. It would, it would, it, don't be shocked if Poch comes knocking, man. Don't be shocked yeah. if ne- ne- Neymar and Mbappe came. <laughs> okay. That's tricky. Interesting. So, um, all right, guys, let's um, end the pod on predictions. Oh, we had so we had one we had one question down there. Sorry, my boy, my boy Elliot. It was for Logan. He said, um, "How many seasons do you reckon West Ham have got left with Rice? Because you can't hold him back forever." To be honest, it is entirely dependent on the growth of the team and the cl- and the club. To be honest with you, because. It's the same with Kane. Kane would have played with you forever if you'd have carried on growing with yeah. his form. Um, and if we, you know, we we managed to hold Rice through, you know, Frank actually having access to the transfer market again at Chelsea, we managed to hold him off there. So if we can continue to invest, because you can see Rice is having fun playing football. They, he is going to reach a point where he's going to want to play at the best level in the world and play in a Champions League and understand that he can get there. Um, I don't know if West Ham will ever, will ever get to a point where they can play Champions League football. Don't know if that will happen. It could do. You know, there's a lot of money floating about. We just need to get bought out by someone ridiculous. But I think he'll be there for at least another two, three years. I don't think if we if we carry on growing and investing in the squad, then two, three years. If the wheels fall off next season, then he might go in two years. Nice. I think um, <laughs> me again. I just had one more. Like we asked, we asked um, Lawless this when he was on. I think I'm just gonna ask this to any West Ham when it happens. <laughs> How did you feel when you signed Tevez and Mascherano? Um, I had no idea what the hell was going on. <laughs> we still don't. No idea what the hell was going on. Um. And then Pardew couldn't even play Mascarano because you had to pay. We had to pay. It. The deal was effed. Effed. <laughs> Broad. The deal was ridiculous. Yeah, we, yeah he literally Pardew literally couldn't pick Mascarano because if he played over sixteen games, the money that we had to pay <laughs> Jobakian was mental. So he'd stop picking him. Um, but yeah, I mean, what a pleasure it was to get to see Carlos Tevez running around in a West Ham shirt for a year. It was. Yeah, it was surreal. Um, Saved you the last day of that old traffic. Yeah. Nuts. I remember that game. I was like, West Ham are dusted. I thought it was over. And Tevez was like, I'm just going to put this on my back. Nah, mad. Crazy, crazy. And he just... He just worked himself into the ground as well, which always gets you you over with the West Ham fan base. Um, But he just had... Incredible quality as well. So yeah, yeah, it was it was weird. It made no sense because I'm used to watching, you know, just John Hartson and <laughs> M-Man. 
Al Berkovic was Al Berkovic was like the, the pinnacle of of that and Di Canio. That was it in terms of skill plays. But Di Canio was cold though. But yeah, I mean mm. Di Canio, Di Canio and Carlos Tevez are levels apart, really. Like Di Canio, what Di Canio can do with a football is was up there, honestly. But Tevez as a football player in ninety minutes. I've never, we've never had anyone like that at a club. Even like Payet, I love Payet. Put kind, of, I put Dimitri Payet on uh, on Decanio levels in terms of what he did when he was here. Even that was a lot shorter. But yeah, Tevez is, was just different gravy. Mm-hmm. And what he went on to do afterwards proved it. You know, Worse. the only the only the only way that West Ham get players of that caliber at our club is through highly fraudulent. Dealings, so uh, I'm not expecting it to happen again anytime soon. Well, let's let's see if Lingard can follow in those footsteps. Um, we, haven't even <laughs> we haven't even got an option to buy. If he plays too good, he's just going to go straight back. Oh my gosh! You can take you can take the player out of Manchester, but you can't take the the Manchester player out of the penalty decisions. That's our first pen. I mean, of course, of course, the first pen of the season was won by the Man U player. Of course, of course. So, yeah, it's Premier League gospel, man. That's what it is. Yeah. So just um yeah I mean just I want to give my prediction before we leave I I definitely think um I feel like West Ham are going to be susceptible to that Endombele final ball that's yeah. to be honest I feel like that's going to be um but but I'll give you your props I feel like if you go down you'll come back it's not going to be a heads down mm-hmm. thing do you get what I mean I feel like it will be for me a score draw or Spurs win mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. I was going to give uh, just mine as well quickly because there's a player's performance today which I I put higher stock in than Bale's. Like I thought, uh, Delhi came in really well, interchanged with uh, Lucas and particularly Song quite well, and he tends to do really really well against West Ham. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you said, there are those off the ball runs can play right into Ndombélé's kind of driven through balls. So I'd have him playing. Uh, hopefully Kane and Regulon get their Senzu beans. They can hopefully play. I don't think Regulon's going to play, and hopefully Sanchez doesn't play. Um, with that all said, <laughs> um, do you know, I, I wouldn't even be surprised if Rodon started purely because of the height. Like he's six four, and no, he has fairly decent minerals. So um, yeah, that all said, I, I think we'll we'll run out three one. I'm quite optimistic with uh, for this one. Three Definitely no clean sheet though. I'm thinking 2-1. I'm thinking 2-1. I don't think it will be a thrilling game. I think somehow we'll both sort of contain each other. Um, and it's going to it's gonna be a game that's going to come down to individual mistakes, which is why I'm worried that we could potentially lose because of that, that West Ham press, that West Ham pressure with a Spurs side that we've seen too many times fold under pressure is worrying for me. Mm. Um, but being optimistic, I'm, I'm thinking 2-1 Spurs. Um, I think the creativity will come from our midfield and, and we'll have the likes of Harry Kane to be the clinician to, to finish that shit for us. So, yeah, we'll see. I think we'll score. I don't know if we'll win or lose, but what I do know is that in the last seven minutes, someone's going to do something dumb, give away a free kick within 30, 40 yards of the box, Crestwell's going to whip it in 
and someone's going to score in the melee. Like that's that's the only right. thing I can guarantee. Yeah. Furthermore, it's going to be Antonio. Let's not lie to us. Yeah, it will be Antonio. <laughs> it will be Antonio. We've endured too much pain from Nancy this season, though. As well. Like, not only did he score that goal, he gave a couple of our members of our squad COVID as well, just on a cheeky one over Christmas. Fuck you, babe. So we can't let him. We can't let him get, let him get away with this. I don't think he'll even start. So, yeah. I don't think he started the last game either. But. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, um, any prediction, um, Logan? Um, I'll go 2-1 West Ham. Hopeful, a hopeful 2-1 West Ham. Scary that that's not a reasonable shout, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice one. So, um, if Spurs win, Spurs fans, where can Spurs fans uh, send you some abuse, Logan? Um, their mum's house. <laughs> Easy. Uh, if if Spurs win, you can send me some abuse. Uh, mm. Fimbalor. He's still only seventh in the league, isn't it? So yeah. yeah. Uh, um, DJ Logan Salmer on Twitter. Hit me up. It's all good. As long as you're polite, I don't mind. Don't be don't be an yeah, asshole yeah, about no, it. Because no, no, I, I know I I know deep down that West Ham are rubbish. So this is all. Smoke and mirrors. Uh, feel free to feel free to palm me off as soon as that first goal goes in, and in the third minute or whatever it is. Um, no, you can be I don't hide as well. You know what I mean? Like if I'm watching the game, I'm on. If I'm if I'm watching the game and I'm tweeting, I'm on there the whole time. Like I'm not like I'm not like oh we've just scored. I'm back on Twitter now. Like I'm there. <laughs> I'm there saying exactly why we're rubbish. So it's more smoke than mirrors then, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Respect the way Respect my network it. works, you get me. Sometimes they they score against Spurs, and you get me. Evil <laughs> was down and that, you get me. There's nothing I can really do about that. So you get me. <laughs> if I'm hiding, you get me. Yeah, I'm hiding. But um, yeah, guys, it's been a great show. Um, lovely to have you there, Logan. Yeah, thanks for getting me involved in the fun, man. It's been good. good no, to have great guest. Follow us on touchline underscore Spurs and until next week, catch you guys. Take care. Take care. Podcast Network.